Welcome to Public Domain Video Theater presented by the great detectives of old time radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Today we have another episode of U.S. Marshal for you. The original air date, January 24th, 1959, and this is Season 1, Episode 15, and the title is The Diner. gotta be it. You think he's here? I will find out. What, what, what happens if he don't know? He knows, he knows. fighting that desert heat. You said it. Uh, give me some coffee. And, uh, what, what kind of pie you got? Uh, apple, cherry, peach, and custard. Custard's real good. All right. Uh, just coffee for me. Hmm. Uh, say, listen, uh, on a fellow named Phil Dietrich work here? Yeah, sure. He's my relief man. Comes on at seven, about an hour from now. Friend of yours? Yeah, an old friend. We're going to do wait? Right, we'll just have the coffee and come back. Gas up. In case somebody spots the car and takes out after us, we better have a full tank. Mm-hmm. Say, if uh, you fellas want to stick around, just make yourself at home. Well, I think we'll have the time. 
Gotta get into Tucson. Or maybe we'll stop back. Will Phil be here all day? Yeah, till free. I want to tell you about the pie. Sorry. No sense making too much out of it with this guy. We'll come back. morning, aren't you? No, no, I just came in. Fred's wife rang me up here. Yeah. She said he woke up with a virus. She tried to get you, but you'd left home already. Well, I'll go out and pick this fellow out myself, then. No, that's the one thing I don't want you to do, Jimmy. Well, then come on, Frank. He's only a parole violator. That's true, but this man has a criminal record. I don't want any one man from my office picking anyone up. Okay, what do you want me to do? Phone Stafford? He can be right down here. No, I better take a ride down there with you. You get the papers and I'll pick you up in ten minutes. Okay? All right, Jimmy. Exactly. Now look, we almost killed a guard getting out where it's hot as a firecracker. How do you want me to come around there and find out where he lives? Are you going to tell me? Yeah, in, in town somewhere on Santa Rosa, I think. Where on Santa Rosa? What's the number? 411. Phil Dietrich? Yes, sir. I'm going to complain that you violated your parole by driving an automobile. Me? You better come along with us. You alone here? No, the boss isn't doing until 10. See if you can get him on the phone. I'll see you fellas later. Yeah, so long. <laughs> 
should be in the hospital where we can take care of you. I'll drop over a little later. Thanks, doctor. You come see me as soon as you can. I'll do that. Joe, you think you could recognize those men again if you saw them? Yeah, I'm sure of it, Marshal. Okay, good. I'll check with you later. Okay. Well, how's our friend here? Has he helped us any? Hell, he won't even give us the right time of day. He'll learn he's only hurting himself. Look, Marshal, what do you want from me? It's a public place. I didn't ask those guys to come in there. You're in a mighty big jam, Phil. You know that. Why am I in a jam? I don't see why I'm in such a jam. Well, one reason we went out there to pick you up for violation of your parole. Look, Marshal, what do you want from me? I got a job, haven't I? I'm working hard, six days a week, saving my money, 
and I'm staying out of trouble. And you've been associating with known criminals, fugitives at that. Can I help it if those two fellas come in there? I suppose it just so happens that two men escape from Utah State Prison, cross the state line, steal a car, rob a filling station in Flagstaff, break into a hardware store and steal firearms in Phoenix, shot and wounded a United States government officer, and they just happened to drop into your place. Marshal, I swear. You never saw them before? Never. They just came in and you up and served them a cup of coffee? Oh, yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> You're the worst liar I've ever talked to, Phil. Hmm? Now, you listen to me. I've got a deputy over there in the hospital that's seriously injured. So you better start thinking fast, boy, because you're in real trouble. You know that just for violation of your parole, you could do many years back up in the pen? Marshal, I swear, I never saw those guys before. What about this fellow Joe? This man you relieved. Is he a liar like you? Joe Simpson? Liar about what, Marshal? Why should he lie? No, I guess he doesn't, come to think about it. If I recall, he said these two men dropped in and asked for you by name. What do you think about that? In fact, they said they'd be back. Now, there's really no reason for Joe Simpson to lie about that, is it, Phil? Look, Marsha, I knew the one guy, Carl, Carl Bishop. But I didn't know the other fellow. Why didn't you tell me this before, Phil? I told you I knew him. You wouldn't believe I didn't know he was coming. I'm in a big enough jam as it is. I've been breaking my neck working, getting out there 5.30, 6 o'clock every morning, slinging hash. I mean, that's hard work. I'm trying to make things right. I don't run with fellas like them anymore, I swear to you. Besides, what's so terrible about my driving a car? Because it's in violation of your parole. So shoot me. Now this Carl Bishop. How did he know you were there? I don't know. He must have heard about it. I mean, it's no secret. Did you know the other guy? No, I never saw him before. But you and Carl were good friends. Come on, don't accuse me of that, Marshal. I'm not the kind of guy to be his friend. The guy's been shooting and stealing his way all of his life. He's a hot customer, way out of my league. But you knew each other. Yeah, that's true. He, uh, he's been trying to locate a friend of his. Oh? What friend was this, Phil? A fellow named Farrell, Eddie Farrell. Well, did you tell him? Yeah. Where? In town here, Santa Rosa, 411. Believe me, Marshal, he'd have gone on his way. I'd have never seen him again. Okay, Phil. We'll go up and take a look at this Eddie Farrell's place. Boy. I'll wake up to a beautiful day, a peaceful life, and look how it winds up. I mean, I'm trying to lead a good life, Marshal. So I drove a car. Yeah, you got some pretty nasty friends, too. Can I help it if people like me? <laughs> All right, take care of you. Let's get up there to Santa Rosa Street, Ed. coming here. Where are we going to go? Look, I'm telling you, Carl, if, if that guy Phil shot his mouth off... If he did, they'd be here. They don't connect him with us anyway. Yeah, well, if they don't, they're pretty stupid. That's all. Yes? Oh, uh, 
Does Eddie Farrell live here? Yes, I'm Mrs. Farrell. Oh, glad to know you. Is Eddie home? No, he's gone to work. Is there anything I can do? Well, I'm an old friend of his. I wanted to see him. I'm sorry. Well, that's all right. Because we're waiting anyway. What? Now you listen to me. Eddie owes me almost $600 and I need it. I haven't got $600. Keep watching out there. Now, I'm not kidding around. I want that money. I told you, we haven't got it. Oh, yeah? Well, let's go see. All right, sit down. Come on, I said sit down. We haven't got any money. We, we haven't got anything. What about the car by the garage? Where's the keys? In the car. Go take a look. Right. Look, are you sure you've got the right Eddie Farrell? No, it's the right one. You used to live in Albuquerque? Did time at Folsom? He's been out of that a long time now. He's got a good job, and he's making an honest living. Well, ain't that nice. in there. What do you think? I told you I haven't got any money here. What's Eddie doing now that he's so honest? He works at the hotel. What hotel? The Claymore. Wow. And he's doing all right for himself. Nice house, good living, honest. And you? Only thing he ain't got is my $600. So maybe we can collect some other way. Like the car. That ought to even us out. Take a look around back just in case they're here, Ed. All right, Frank. States Marshal, is your husband at home? No, he's gone to work. Oh. Uh, when did he leave? About 7.30. Could you tell me if he had any visitors this morning? 
No. Mm-hmm. He didn't mention anything to you about having visited. No, he didn't. Well, did you see two men around this morning? Let's see, one man would have been about, uh, oh, 35 years of age with a heavy beard. The other fellow was much younger. doing my housework. Mm-hmm. Would you mind if I come in for a few moments? It's really very important. I'd, ra- I'd rather you didn't. I'll just be a moment or two. Could you make it a little bit later? Be inside. You go around back, Ed. I'll call in for help. All right. Car one to headquarters. Car one to headquarters. This is headquarters. Go ahead. Send some men immediately to 411 Santa Rosa Street and notify the local police. Bishop? We know you're in there. Now your partner's dead. Come on out. I'm not coming out. And if you come in to get me, I'll kill this woman, I swear it. in the back, Ed. You can see in through the kitchen. They haven't come into the back of the house yet. Yeah, they're still in the living room. You want to try going in through the kitchen door? No, I don't want to jeopardize this woman's life. This guy just leaves shooters and I. We'll wait. All right. Looks like every cup in Tucson. Did you expect them to go away? Leave you alone? Any cigarettes? In the kitchen. No, you don't. I thought you said you wanted a cigarette. I could do without them. <laughs> it's like the street's full of them. Well, we can't wait here all day. I don't think he's going to either. I know. What do they need all those cops out there for? You know something? I'm scared. But I think you're more scared. Shut up. Bishop, you're in plenty of trouble now. Don't make it worse by harming that woman. <laughs> if he thinks I'm walking out there to Hemi's. You hear me, Bishop? Yeah, I hear you.
close that window. This may be one of the most realistic episodes that we featured in that utter chaos seems to reign throughout most of the story. Marshall Morgan's instinct not to send his deputy to address the parole violator alone was definitely justified by the events of this story. Although, even with the marshal present, they weren't prepared for two desperate fugitives who just wreak havoc and really keep throwing everyone off with their erratic behavior. The young criminal, played by young Harry Dean Stanton, even threw off his older partner by trying an ill-fated escape without him. Of course, it's Ruth Farrell whose actions ultimately lead to this being resolved. She tried briefly to reason with Bishop and try to get him talking and make a connection, but when that didn't work, she took unpredictable action by jumping through the window. Now, certainly she could have received some serious injuries doing that, and she was definitely taking a risk. But it was not as dangerous as remaining in the position she was in. And ultimately, she was able to make it out of this and resolve the impasse because of her own quick thinking and good sense, as well as some really strong nerves. I will throw in two pieces of trivia. Ruth was played by character actress Jean Howe, who never really had a famous role, but she worked a lot in television. Her previous uh, role 
was eight days earlier in an episode of Death Valley Days, where she also played a character named Ruth. In addition, for fans of old-time radio, Kyle's husband was Larry Thor, the radio announcer on programs such as Rocky Jordan, and the star of Broadway Is My Beat, which we'll be presenting in a couple years. But that will do it for today. Join us back here next time for another episode of Public Domain Video Theater. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. And if you like these videos, you can become one of our patrons at patreon.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is...